Welcome to New Creation Ministries Sermon Podcast. This week, Pastor Mark challenges us to take a hard, fast look at unforgiveness, which may be a stumbling block to healing and may ultimately hinder our own ability to forgive and be forgiven. Father, we thank you so much for you being here with us today. You know what each person in the room needs. You know what we need as a body. Give us eyes to see you. Give us ears to hear you. And give us the grace to respond to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, got a little warm during worship. Y'all good with the fans? You want me to turn them off? Good, good. All right. People putting jackets on. So, good. Hey. um, Hey. Hey. (laughs) Quick, quick announcement is... um, we want any more announcements. We do need work help in the kids' ministry. And so if you're willing to help, um, helping hands in the kids' ministry, we always ask if you first join the church, you first start coming to the church, take the first two or three months and just enjoy coming. But once you're here for like three months, if you have a child in the ministry that's being blessed by the ministry, um, we just ask if you would volunteer. If everybody chips in, then nobody's overworked. And everybody loves doing their time in there, <laughs> like, like doing prison time, like doing their time. And uh, I say, I volunteered for it before. I was like, man, I'm going to tell you what, no matter how the spirit's moving in the church, it's moving different in the nursery. <laughs> so that sometimes they'd be like, pastor, keep going. We don't care if you go to 12. I'm like, no, the spirit is not moving in the nursery. We will always, that's why I say 1130, no matter what, get your kids. But please, volunteer, and we do offer um, a stipend if you want to take it for $35 each time you work it. So that's another um, plus. So um, it'll be a blessed, double blessing if, we, if you do that. Also coming up, we'll have a sign-up sheet for it next week. Um, we're about to st- restart our prayer houses, or we call them small groups, um, family, our, our life groups, whatever we're going to call them. But we're getting together, and each group is going to, we're, this year, um, we're going to do, um, as a group, every group's going to do the bait of Satan. And, and dealing with the spirit of offense. And we just think it's important because we really feel like during the fast that, uh, that God is, he's making a new church here. And I know we're like, oh, we got, they did that last year. No, I think for a year we've been like, okay, these are the former impact people and these are the former um, our church people. And we'll call, but really feel like God is getting rid of that former and we're just going to be new creation and we're building a new church. So if you're starting with us now, it's a great time. You're going to be part of the building process. You know, every piece does matter. We need your input. We want to hear about ministries that are on your heart. We want to see if you get in, how can you get involved and serve and serve others and be served. So it's a great opportunity. And so we're going to lay a foundation of being a church that knows how to deal with the spirit of offense. Because imagine if we're a forgiving church. Man, how many people would leave? <laughs> If you're a forgiving church, when you're a church that knows how to handle offense, and then how would that spread to other people? They said they'll know we're Christians by our love for one another. So if we can get it right in here, then the world sees that, right? And so we're going to be laying that foundation. And actually, we're just going to start what we're starting on talking about today. We're laying a foundation talking about forgiveness and healing. Forgiveness and healing. And um, I love y'all so much. 
I'm gonna be real with y'all. What's so funny is Diana's up here doing the announcements. She was talking about, you know, talking about feeding the homeless. And you're like, yeah. And then she was talking about other things going on. Y'all like, yeah. And then they put pancakes on the screen. And y'all like, yeah. Sounds like a church that's in a 40-day fast. So, so look, we're on day 27. If you haven't joined us, joined us yet, it's a good time. You can still start. Just like the parable says, you still get the same reward. You can jump on in. And um, 13 days left, 13 days left. Come on, how many of y'all been blessed by the fast so far? Amen, amen. Well, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. We're going to start with Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 48. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I love that last verse because he takes all of the guesswork out of it. Like, notice he didn't say nobody's perfect. He said, therefore, you must be. That's not a suggestion. That's a command. Therefore, you must be. And remember this. Whenever God gives a command, he supplies the grace for that command to be fulfilled. So if he gives a command to be perfect, there's a grace to have it accomplished. Well, you don't have to even look at yourself and say, I'm not perfect. You can say, I'm perfect because God gave me the grace to do it. I get that? Amen. I know sometimes we just so willing to accept imperfection when the scripture commands opposite and blesses us with more than that. And we'll, we can get into that teaching later on. But when we look at this scripture, you know, I think we often are reminded, you know, that when he says be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, we have often reminded that being like God is the goal. Therefore, be imitators of God. That is the goal. Godliness is the goal. And he looks at that. When you look at verse 43, he said, you have heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Well, the neat thing is they only heard it was said that. There was no command to hate your enemy. They heard a command that said, love your, that says, um, love your neighbor. So they just inferred, well, if I love my neighbor, then logically, it's okay to hate my enemy, right? Now, truth being told, without Jesus, I have no issue with that command, right? That makes sense. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. Your enemy hates you. Why would you not hate them? But that was what Jesus was saying. But I say, that, that's what messes you up. You know, it's funny. I had a friend of mine who was helping me through a tough situation where somebody had did me wrong, and they were like on my side, like, yeah, man, they wronged you. I'm like, yeah, and they did this, and they're like, you should do this, you should do that. Like, yeah, man, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm... And then they said, but Jesus would say, <laughs> and the whole conversation took a whole different turn. I was like, I don't like where this is going, brother. I thought you were with me. Jesus would say, and he started quoting some of this scripture, love your enemies, bless those. So he said, you can do the other route, or you could do the Jesus route. And then there's just that silence when you're just ready to get off the phone because you know it right. But I think that's always before us. If you're a Christian, you can do it that way or you can do it the Jesus route. That's always the option before us. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, right? 
Prayer is, you know that praying for people who've wronged you is more for your benefit than theirs? Prayer, what prayer actually does is it keeps your heart from getting hard. It keeps, come on, do you really want to be upset with anybody? That's your goal. I want to be upset with somebody. I want to be in that awkward position where we're at the same place at the same time and we act like we don't see each other. And we act like, you know, y'all know, y'all been there. You know, you might be there, y'all in the grocery store together, and you know you need milk. <laughs> and they buy the milk aisle. And all of a sudden, you over looking at produce, and you, ain't, you don't need no fruit. <laughs> and, and so y'all been there. It's like, who wants that, right? Well, what happens is when you have an issue with somebody because they did something to you, you now are no longer free to move as you were before. You know, get, what if your freedom just allows you to walk up right next to them in the milk aisle and say, hey, how you doing? And grab your milk and keep moving. Right? So, so prayer actually keeps your heart from being hard. It protects you. And understand this, if there's somebody in your life that you can't pray blessings for, I know you can pray, Lord, bring down thunder. Lord, do something. You know, I know we can pray the angry stuff, but if you can't pray the blessings that you'd want somebody to pray for your child, for that person, then there's a pretty good gauge that there's something wrong inside. You can say, I forgive, but if you can't pray the good stuff, you know, we're going to talk about that. But look at verse 45. He says, do this so that you may be sons of your father in heaven. Y'all see that language? Notice he didn't say, do this because you are. How do you really know if you're a child of God? He says, do this. So it will be evident so that, you'll, so that you will be a child of your father. You'll be acting like your dad. Man, you, you, sometimes you can see little kids and you know who, who their parents are, right? And I remember with Jeremiah, when he was little, he would do little things. And I'm like, hey, that, that's me. I used to do that. And so when people see us, they should be like, I know who your dad is. I, I know who your dad is, right? And sometimes when they see you, they might be like, I know who your dad is. <laughs> and so we want to make sure that we're acting like our dad, right? Look at 1 John 2 and 6. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. That's the bar to be like Jesus. We can't, it didn't say I'm gonna try. Doesn't say who, try. You ever notice like people, everything else people do, but when it comes to being like Jesus, they say, I'll try. You don't try to drive or I won't ride with you. <laughs> right? I guarantee when this fast is over, you won't try to eat. Well, I'm gonna try to eat. Like, you know, you, but no, no. Either you will or you won't. And he says, must walk as Jesus did, and Jesus walked in forgiveness. See, I won't get as many amens as the pancakes. <laughs> I said, whip some pancakes. But understand this. Here's what biblical unforgiveness is. The Lord was showing me this the other day. Biblical unforgiveness is when you withhold godliness from someone because of offense where you hold, withhold godliness from someone because you're offended. 
I know what I need to do, but. Look at Jonah 1, 1 through 3. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Think about that, y'all. Jonah is a man of God. He's the prophet of God. God speaks to Jonah, go to Nineveh. Jonah gets up and goes the other direction. (laughs) Goes and buys a ticket, gets on the boat, and is trying to go the total, is trying to get as far away from Nineveh as he can. Can you imagine that? Have you ever gone the opposite direction that God told you to go? Go love on them. Send them a gift. That ain't the Lord. Right? And, and, but imagine this. Jonah was so offended with the people of Nineveh that he was willing to disobey the Lord. That's unforgiveness. That was unforgiveness, right? When you are willing to say no to God, it's really because you're offended with God. When you're willing to say no to God, when God tells you to do something, so you can say the people all you want, but you're really offended with God. And Jonah even said it. He said, God, I, later on he said, I knew you would forgive those people. So I went the other way. That's, man, do you realize a lot of times you think you're offended with the person? You're offended with God? You know, marriages, the only person that ever got real with them was, was Adam. That woman you sent me. He was upset with God, right? And very often, we do the same thing. We, but see, people are low-hanging fruit. So you, it's you, it's you, it's you. We really don't, but we're really saying it's you, it's you, it's you. You really have this issue with God. And, and the issue is many people judge God as unjust and unfair. And um, we think he's unfair because often we say we want justice. We really want revenge. Right? You ever notice when you pray for yourself, you don't say, God, give me justice. <laughs> you, ever, you ever notice that? God, give me justice. Oh, you say, be merciful, God. Here I am, your humble servant. Give them justice, Lord. You know, and, and so understand this. Many people think God is unjust um, because unforgiveness can cause a servant of God to represent themselves. I want you to do what I want you to do. And God, if you're not going to do what I want you to do, then you're not a good God. You didn't handle them the way I thought you should handle them. You didn't straighten that out, right? And, and, and that's a real place. Because sometimes, my God, is, when, is, you know, when is something going to happen to them? See, but when we represent ourselves, sin, the very definition of sin is my will instead of God's will. And so, God, if you don't take care of it, I'm going to punish him myself. 
here, here's how, you probably, the easy one is marriage. Here's how we punish our spouses if God doesn't do nothing. He's not going to talk to you. Come on now. The old silent treatment. I'm so offended I'm not talking to you. I'm punishing you because I don't trust God to do what he has to do. I don't trust God to do a work in your heart, so mm mm-mm. Right? Anybody know anybody that did that? Just making sure. But But that's because we don't, you know, we do it with people all the time. I'm out. You're out. I'm done. Because if God ain't taking care of it, I'm going to help him out. I got it covered. I'm going to represent me. Guys, here's the thing about Christians. Come on, where where are my children of God? If you're a child of God, raise your hand. The day you became a child of God, you forfeited the right to be you. And that won't pack a lot of churches, but that will pack heaven. The day you gave your life to Christ, what did Paul say? I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is now Christ living in me. Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me. I only say what the Father. The day you gave your life to Christ, you forfeit the right to be you. Look at Matthew 6, 12 through 15. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. We pray that prayer all the time. And I think most of the times it becomes so cliche to say the prayer that we don't really know what we're praying. In that prayer, you're saying, God, forgive me the same way I forgive other folks. I forgive them. I'm just done talking to them. Is that what you want God to do? But whether we want it or not, he says that's what he'll do. But here's the, the scary part for us, y'all. He says, but if you do not forgive others, your Father in heaven will not forgive your transgressions. I got to say that softly because sometimes people think Pastor Mark make these verses up. Oh, you're so hard. I'm just reading this. This is Jesus. I know sometimes we think he's still in a manger. But this is full-grown Jesus teaching a standard. And he's saying, if you don't forgive others, y'all, I do not believe the number one thing that causes people to miss heaven will be sexual morality. I believe the number one thing that causes people to miss heaven will be unforgiveness. Because so many people have deceived themselves and think they're really following the Lord and can hold on to unforgiveness. Forgiveness, unforgiveness can hinder forgiveness. Unforgiveness can hinder forgiveness. Y'all think about Moses. Man, Moses was the most humble man on the earth. He wrote that. <laughs> right? Moses is dealing with some stiff-necked people complaining against him, wearing this man out. And Moses gets 
fed up with the people. He goes to the Lord, and these people are asking him for water. You want us to die in the desert? You want us to die? Oh, why did God bring us out here to die? And Moses says, God, don't give these folks no water. These are stiff-necked people. I'm tired. Come on, just paraphrase. You got to get in the story. Moses had a Moses. I'm tired of these folks. And God says, Moses, speak to the rock and give them some water. And Moses, in his offense, here's your water, you rebels. Ugh, hits the rock. Water comes out of the rock. The people Moses is offended with got water. God told Moses, because he misrepresented God, in his offense, it cost Moses the promised land. Now, you can join me. Search the scriptures. I can't find anything else Moses did wrong. All those years wandering in the desert, all those years when he was, when he was in the desert, though, went with those folks, putting up with those folks, that one time he misrepresented God because that is the greatest sin there is for a servant of God to misrepresent him. And that one cost him the promise. Y'all listen, don't let people cost you the promises God has for you. Don't let people cost you the promise. I told the church this last night, I'm gonna give y'all this family, remember this. I see too many Christians upset with non-Christians. Newsflash, non-Christians act like non-Christians. So you should not be disappointed. Don't have any expectation that a non-Christian is going to act Christian. I can't believe they did that. Why can't you believe they did that? You remember when you weren't saved? So un unsaved people act unsaved. And then sometimes you're like, well, I thought they were saved. Well, did you look at their fruit? Their fruit was telling you the whole time they weren't saved. You just chose to believe something different. But fruit never lies. So don't waste your time and don't let those folks cost you the promise. If, God, if, if somebody wrongs you, God will deal with them. If you handle it in an ungodly way, now God has to deal with you too. I'm not going to be having God deal with me because I mishandle people he cares about. See, remember, when I was crucified with Christ, I no longer get to represent me. We got to remember that. So, don't, so get this word out of your, minds, your, your mindset. How, I got a right to. I, I, I have a right to. Oh, no, you ain't going to do that to me. I, I deserve what you deserve. And, and, and Jesus, remember you said you want to be like him? If they didn't treat Jesus with what he deserved, where do we get the audacity to think that people are going to treat us with a higher regard than they did Jesus? 1 Peter 3 and 7. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Unforgiveness can hinder prayer. 
And that's just not for married couples. Unforgiveness can hinder prayers. Let me explain this to you. Like, I know how much the pains love their grand- grandkids, right? So just imagine this. If I'm like, I can't stand your grandkids. But then I'm like, hey, Rob, I need a favor. Can you hook me up? Do you think he's going to be able to look past how I feel about his grandkids to then hook me up? Do y'all get that? Come on, if you love your kids, I can't stand your kids, but I need you to hook me up. That's how stupid we look going to God. I I hate the people you love. I can't stand your kids, but hook me up. You see how your prayers can be hindered? So unforgiveness will hinder your prayers. Read Hebrews 12, 14 through 15. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. Unjust offense can open the door to sickness. Unjust offense can open the door to sickness. I take you back to Moses. Remember when the leaders were upset with Moses and they were unjust in their offense with Moses? He even struck, he struck Moses' sister with leprosy, right? Because they were unjust in their offense, the Lord would step back and let sickness have its way with them, right? That scripture says, look, that no root of bitterness spring up causing trouble by it many be defiled, right? So one, it can open the door to sickness, but then unforgiveness can hinder healing. You'll be amazed at how many times through healing, when we go to work with somebody with healing, the first thing we ask them, is there anybody you haven't forgiven in your life? And when they let go of that offense, it opens the door to healing because carrying that offense, they're carrying a burden that they're not meant to carry. Oh, I got this great back pain. Anybody you haven't forgiven? How long have you been carrying that weight? Cast your cares on me because I care for you. But, but the scripture used this term called bitter envy. And, when it, and, some, and that's where it says the root of the no root of bitter envy shows up or a bitter, yeah, bitter envy keeps showing up. The word envy means this, a feeling of discontent or resentful, longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. You know, I don't think a lot of people associate the word envy with unforgiveness. But when you really look at it, a lot of it is envy because often when you see somebody do something and you don't see anything happen to them, you often are envious. You're bothered because you think, if I did that, I wouldn't be able to get away with it. Have you ever had that thought? Like, wait a minute, they did that? If I did that, I couldn't get away with that. And all of a sudden, you're envious. Almost like they're living the good life while you're living the holy life and you're over here struggling and they're living the good life and they seem to have all the things you want and nothing bad is happening, right? What happens is a perceived lack of punishment eats you up. Anybody experienced that? Besides me, you'd be like, just this perceived lack of punishment. You just want something to happen to show that they don't get away with what they're doing. Think about Jonah. Jonah said, remember, Jonah goes and gives the word to the Ninevites. 
Then he, he goes over there and he says, God, like, this, is, this is the sweetest sermon ever. It's just like one sentence. God's going to wipe this place out a few days from now. And then Jonah goes and sits on a hill waiting for God to bring the pain. Come on, God, bring it. God give him a little shake. Yeah, got a good seat. And nothing happens. And he's bothered by that. That perceived lack of punishment eats him up, right? Somehow you feel like God lets people off the hook. But really, when you let go of that unforgiveness, you're getting yourself off the hook. Think about that, y'all. Come on, just get real. Just in a real walk, man. I, I, I'm, I was there with you. You know what I'm saying? Hey, this is, we, we went through healing Saturday and Wednesday. By, by round two, I was in a better place. But come on, there's just sometimes things, people do some stuff, right? And you just like, you, mean, you don't want them like to die, but you want something bad to happen. Fall down the steps or something. <laughs> Give me some sign that you ain't, you're just looking for something so you can say, see, because you did that, that's what you get. Come on. Is anybody besides me or am I just the only one that got like a sick mind? I just sometimes when I see some people doing stuff, I just want, I, 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 yeah, I want you to come to Jesus, but I want you to fall down the steps first. You know, Lord, knock them down and then pick them up. But knock them down for a while. Right? And, and, and God, but what that is, that's that root of bitterness. Because, see, we, our idea of revenge, God do something. When God does something, do you know he doesn't just knock them down? He takes them out. Not the way you think of taking them out. See, I'm like, mm-hmm, take them out, Lord. No. <laughs> the best thing he did to, the, to, to, to old me is he killed me. I'm sure there were some people who didn't like me when I wasn't saved. And I know they were praying. And God killed me and then resurrected somebody new. That's how he takes them out. Not the way we want to take them out. He takes them out. And he, sometimes he's using you as an avenue for him to take them out and resurrect them. But we live in this mindset where we let them just drive us nuts because we've got this bitter envy. Look at Proverbs 14, 30 says, a tranquil heart. Gives life to the flesh, but bitter envy makes the bones rot. Come on. Bitter envy. Yeah, remember I told you, if you don't see it, but you feel it, it's spiritual. Have you ever seen someone under stress and all of a sudden it starts manifesting on their body? You don't see stress. You feel stress. But all of a sudden, cold sores, other things start popping up. You go to the doctor, the first thing they say, what kind of stress you have? You didn't even go there because you said stress. You went there because you're having headaches, because you're having back pain. What kind of stress you have? So even the doctor starts with what's invisible. Bitterness is invisible, and it will manifest in your body. Look, you even speak it over yourself. Man, I can't stand them. They make me sick. And there's power. And the tongue. So Shannon's going to take us through forgiveness 
I just wanted to lay down a teaching. Next week, I'm going to teach more about how you walk and in the discipline of forgiveness and live a, a forgiving lifestyle. But Shannon wants to take us through a time of forgiveness and healing. Okay, I just have a, a, a prayer that's in a couple different parts. Um, and I want to reiterate some of the things that Pastor Mark said beforehand, just that, um, you know, sitting in our pain and blaming this person, making it our life's purpose to make sure everyone knows how wrong they were, um, it really only increases our pain. It doesn't do anything to them. So forgiveness isn't about the people who hurt us. It's really about healing. It's about helping us to grow and mature into the people that God has created us to be. If we're not careful, as Pastor Mark just talked about, you know, that bitter envy, that bitter root, we will easily allow it to consume our lives. Because being in that place and feeling that, even though it's painful, sometimes it's an easy place to, to sit, to live um, so it can become all-consuming, and that's not what the Lord is asking or wants for us. So we want to let God take care of working on the other person's heart and instead focus on growing closer to him ourselves. Forgiveness also isn't easy. You know, often it's not a one-and-done decision. Remember, forgiveness is a choice and not a feeling. It requires us to make a daily choice of dying to self, dying to the need to be right. And if anyone's like me, they'd like to be right. So, so we're going to go through this prayer. Like I said, it's in a couple different parts. But, you know, if, if the Lord has been speaking to your heart, has been bringing up someone to your mind, now is the time that he's asking you to bring this person before him. So as I say this, I'm, you can repeat after me, um, and we'll go from there. So, Heavenly Father, I forgive, and you put in that person's name, from my heart for all the things he or she has done to me. And now you take a moment and just list out those things. What are the things that they have done or that you hold I let them go free. I lay nothing to their charge. I require nothing of them. I release them into your hands, Father. For you to get vengeance as you so choose. I forgive, put in their name, from my heart for all the things he or she has done to me because you, Father, have already forgiven me, and I bless him or her in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to take a moment and just imagine yourself holding that note, that debt, whatever it is that you feel that they owe you. Hold it and then tear it. Tear up that note, or notes. It could be many. Tear up that note with their name on it. Tear it up completely and see yourself throwing it away. 
And when you're ready, I invite you to lay your hand on your chest or wherever you're experiencing that pain and open your heart to God. And repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I ask that you come now and take the pain, take the hurt, and any trauma from my spirit. I give you my pain and hurt, God. Take the pain of and then name it. Let's be specific. Is it betrayal? Is it a broken heart? What is it? Take the pain of. Heal my heart and set me free. Take my pain now, Lord. And now I want you to go into that room in your heart where you keep all the pain and emotional stuff against this person. Begin to imagine yourself sweeping that room clean, keeping nothing back, letting it all go. And when you've swept it clean, see yourself closing that door. And know that it's okay that if you have to go back in there, if something residual comes up, you can go back in again and sweep it out and give it all to the Lord. But we want to close that door today. And repeat after me in the name of Jesus and by the power of his blood, I cancel Satan's authority over me in this situation of unforgiveness because I have forgiven. In the name of Jesus, I command the tormentor that was assigned to me because of my unforgiveness to leave me now and go to Jesus' feet for judgment. And I pray this over you in the name of Jesus. I speak to the spirits of confusion, infirmity, fear, error, divination, haughtiness, heaviness, jealousy, slumber, and sleep in all their forms. I cut you off at the root and I command you to go to Jesus' feet for judgment. You have no place here. And now a prayer of blessing. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I speak blessing over and name them. In Jesus' name. I ask that you would touch his or her heart, bringing them to repentance. I also ask, Father, that you would reveal your love and grace to them so that their life might be transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. And now as part of all of this, we also want to remember to praise the Lord for what he has done and is going to do in this situation, even if you don't see it or feel it yet. So now is the time to offer that praise, offer that worship. Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19 says, Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. 
He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. Psalm 103, 1 through 6 says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to, to all who are treated unfairly. So remember, there's nothing too hard for him. So let's praise him for what he has done. Thank you for tuning into our sermon for this week. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by it. Please feel free to subscribe and share our podcast with family and friends. To learn more about New Creation Ministries, please check out our website at www.ncm.life.